Welcome to track number six of Barrenness and Fruitfulness. This I know. Hallelujah. When you see it, you must say, This I know. Amen. Are you there? Very good. So, um, we are going to start with Lucifer. This I know. When you see him around moving in the church, what will you say? This I know. I know this thing. So, move back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 28. When the Lord brought us back and restore our freedom. You know, the Lord is bringing us back. Amen. He's giving us a good reason to be around. To be happy in Him. To serve Him. Hallelujah. Are you there? Alright. So this message is entitled, This I Know, Lucifer. Okay? Now, Ezekiel 28 and we are going to read from verse number 11. Now, the first, for how many know that anytime something bad happens to you, you want it to happen to others? Huh? It's in us. Whenever something bad happens, we want somebody else to have that same bad experience, but we don't say it. Like, for instance, if you failed, if, you, if there's an exam and you failed, you sort of immediately look for those who also failed. And you hope secretly that more people failed. So that when you go home and your parents ask you about it, you say, oh, a lot, of, a lot of people didn't pass. It was a very difficult exam. The lecturer was not good. He was very hard in the exam. So a lot of us failed. Is that not so? Yes. Are you there? Yes. So Satan is a fallen being. Someone who fell from the presence of God. Someone who was in the best place that could ever be. Someone who enjoyed the highest position in one of the highest positions in heaven. And he had the glory of God to behold. And he was in the best place that he could ever be. And yet he fell. Do you understand? Now, this is something that he wants for all of us. That after experiencing a great position and a great place of blessing, we should fall from that place and come down to where he is. So, he employs the same techniques that made him fall. He employs against you to make you fall also. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are some of us here we are enjoying a privileged place and position in the church today. Maybe you know Pastor Peter. Maybe you even know me. I mean, I'm the bishop and I'm far away in Ghana. But I, I know your name. Do you understand? I'll even call you by name. So, in a certain, because in my church in Accra, there are many people, I don't know their names. I, I don't know who they are. I see them. I don't know who they are. But I know you are Abby. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's a privilege. You get what I'm saying? Now, 
also you also have a place where you 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 are maybe able or capable of doing something in the house of the Lord. Are you there? Look at somebody. Still doesn't want to go down. I have to push him down this morning. Mercy. <laughs> okay. Now, what was I saying? I was telling you that, huh? Privileges. You see, you must know that to work for God is the highest privilege, highest blessing, highest kind of favor God will ever do to you is to allow you to be involved to work with Him. It's not to have a Mercedes Benz. My father had a Mercedes Benz. In fact, when the Mercedes Benz smiling Mercedes Benz came to the world, you know smiling Benz? You know Mercedes Benz? You know Mercedes Benz, the car? You know the smiling type? There's a type they call smiling. Who, who knows that one? You know that? Smile? Okay. But a certain, my father had one of the first of those in the whole country. Do you see? But today, if they give you that car, you don't like it. It will cost you so much to let it work. Are you with me? Yes. And, and there are far better ones. So the highest privilege is not to be given a Mercedes Benz. In fact, years ago, when my father traveled one time, he wanted me to drive that car and use it for various reasons. And I didn't want to use it. At that time, I was also already a pastor. There were certain things I didn't want to do. But he wanted me to use it because he wanted the car to work so that when he comes, it will not be spoiled. But I didn't use it. Do you understand? So, I have had the privilege before of being given a Mercedes Benz that used this car. Do you understand? But that's not the highest kind of privilege. Are you with me? In fact, when he died, one of the only differences he made between myself and my sisters was that he gave that Mercedes Benz to my sisters, all my sisters except me. And it didn't pain me at all. It didn't hurt me because I didn't, I mean, I didn't think it was any valuable thing. Do you understand? Oh, a Mercedes Benz is not any, anything valuable. I'm telling you, the newest one you have today, in the next five to seven years, it will be very old. You will not like to have it anymore. Is that not so? Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, the highest privilege is to be given something to do in the house of God. Is to be given some work to do in God's house, in God's kingdom, and to work for God. Amen. Amen. I resume believe that. Uh, that's the highest kind of privilege you can have. In Chica, do you believe that? It's the highest kind of privilege. All the things you are dreaming about, if you could ever be given a chance to work for God, that is the best thing you could ever do. And to be in His presence. And to know Him. And that's why Paul prayed and said that I may know Him. Okay, that I may know Him. That I may be found in Him. Alright, not having my own righteousness. But the righteousness which is of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for the excellency of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but down, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. I want to be found in Him. That's all He wanted, to be found in Him. I want to be found in Him. I wonder when He comes, He finds me in Him, not He finds me outside outside somewhere, riding a bench somewhere. No, I want to be found in Him. Even if I'm in a bench, I should be in Him. 
Hallelujah. That I may be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of faith through Jesus Christ. I want to be found in Jesus. I want to know him, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to be close to him. That's the greatest privilege. And that's what Satan lost. He was in the garden. He was with God. And he fell out of that. And he's trying to get everybody to fall into the same situation. He's trying to get everybody to walk in his steps. And he's trying to get everybody to do what he did. That made him lose his position. He's trying to get, deceive everyone into following him and to becoming as he is in the state that he is. Away from God. Separated from God. And that's why Jesus Christ, he said, he is our peace. Yes. Who has broken down the middle wall of partition. Yes. That was between us. Jesus Christ is our peace. Who has broken down the middle wall that separates us from God. The middle wall of partition. And has brought us close to God. And that is what Jesus came to do. But Satan is also trying hard to keep us from ever accessing Jesus Christ. And if possible, to make us fall away from that privilege of knowing Him. I tell you, to know somebody is one of the highest privileges in this life. Depending on who you know, your life changes. I'm telling you, depending on who you know, your life changes. If you just knew one particular person in Australia, your hustles would end. If you think that all the people who are given visas and all the people who are given whatever are given those things because of the right papers, you are deceived. People are, it depends on who you know also. When you know somebody, they just pass through. It's just like me. If I know somebody and want some certain things for the person, I just make a way where there's no way and I put the person there. It's as simple and as short as that. That is how life is. Do you understand? And so Jesus Christ, he was made our peace. Breaking down the middle wall of partition that was between us. So that we could come near to God. And so that we could be with God. You see, the first thing that was lost in the Garden of Eden, when man fell, when Satan was able to take man, uh, was able to deceive man, the first thing he lost was his relationship with God. He lost the closeness to God. He lost the position where God would come to him and talk to him in the morning, talk to him in the evening, fellowship with him. He lost that chance. He lost it because Satan had lost it and he wanted man to also lose it. So he talked to him and told man lies about God. And man believed it. And in the end, the same thing that happened to Satan is what happened to man. Mercy. Mercy. Ziza. He lost the position. Man was someone who was relating with God all the time. Man was communicating to God. Look at us today. We can pray from morning to evening. We won't see God. Huh? Is it not so? You can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and you still... You don't see. One day I was in the hotel. I prayed from morning to evening. Oh. Every time I opened my eyes, I still couldn't see God. By the evening, I hadn't seen Him. Just faith. Try hard to reach God. And I couldn't hold Him. I couldn't touch Him. Huh? Is it not an amazing thing? Are you listening to me? So, we have lost that ability to be close to God. And Satan wants to keep us as far as possible. And he wants to keep us away from the Lord. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you see something that is coming to take away your closeness to God, your closeness to his servants, what will you say? This I know. I know 
That's why my message is called This I Know Lucifer. Because that is his aim. Charles, is that also? Anything you see, if your wife one day is trying to take you away from God, you just turn and say, This I know. This I know. Estella, if you ever get married, huh? And the husband wants to take you away from God. Do you understand? What will you say? This I know. I know this thing. I heard about this. If you ever get married and your wife or your husband wants to take you away from the Lord, all I want you to do is rise up. Everybody rise up. You rise up and you say, This I know. Uh, you may be seated. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because this is Satan's plan. Do you understand? To separate you from a place of blessing, a place of privilege, a place of relationship. He is our peace who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He's made us one. Think about it. God has brought us together. I didn't know you before. Stella, did I know you? I didn't know you. He has made us one. You knew me, but I didn't know you. But now I know you, and I'm preaching, I call your name. And I say, Stella, do you understand? And Martin, is that not so? And I call you by, and I say, Harrison, what would have made, what would have made me know Harrison, Ojo, on, on this earth? <laughs> Huh? Nancy, what would have made me know you? Think about it carefully on this earth. But you may not think of much of it today. But one day, you may find out that by knowing somebody, do you understand? That thing can take you to the highest place. And in fact, on the day of judgment, people will come and say, I worked for you. I did this for you. And Jesus will say, I don't know you. I don't know you go back. Step back. No, no, no. I was preaching. Step back. Then you are forcing. Angel will say, step back. Angel police will take you on. (laughs) Step back. I don't know you. When did we talk? When was the last time we chatted? When was the last time we had fellowship? I don't know you. Go back. Go away. I don't know you. Huh? If you landed at the airport and you send a message in Ghana, in London, in New York, you are in trouble, Los Angeles, anywhere, any of these places, Nairobi, Kampala, Manzini, Swaziland, Pretoria, Johannesburg, Cape Town, you landed in any of these places, huh? Addis Ababa, Accra, Lagos, and you didn't know anyone. Do you understand? And you call me. You get what I'm saying? I can make a phone call. And you will be picked up as though you are a president. From there. From wherever you are. Do you understand? And you will be rescued. In any of the places I've mentioned. Kumasi. Tamale. Suedru. Takrade. Tema. Sunyani. I can make one call. 
and you can be helped wherever you are just because you know me and you call and say my name is Estella I'm from Sudan do you remember do you remember when you mention you made when you preach you mention my name and he said remember Estella so I said oh yeah I'm, I need I need help I'm in Lagos I don't know what to do so wait stand there and I pick my phone Jake there's somebody in at the Lagos airport it's called Estella go right now yes sir I'll be there that's all finish just because you know somebody and the person knows you finish the problems are over uh, she's staying for one week she doesn't have money for hotel keep her in your house finish <laughs> but if you call and you say that your name is slippery Susie <laughs> why should I call my pastor and tell him to take you how do I know you do I know what you, who you are maybe you're a very bad person a dangerous person why should they admit you into his house very evil how can I say that I will not tell him so I'll talk, you say, yes, it's true. You, you, you're slippery, Susie, and so on. But I don't know you, and I cannot ask my brother to get up in the middle of the night in Lagos to come to you from the airport. I don't know you. I'm sorry. I mean, I love you and all that. God be with you. May the Lord help you in, in Lagos. <laughs> God be, and I'll sing for you. God be with you till we meet again. <laughs> Zigzag. Are you there? Are you there? So knowing somebody is sometimes everything. When sometimes people are going to have a child at the hospital in Ghana, I go there. You know, or if you know the person, they say, ah, this is Dr. So-and-so sister. They'll treat you differently. But when nobody knows you, they say, hey, sit down there. Where's your card? You didn't bring a card. You don't have sense. Eh? Sit down. Wait. <laughs> What's your number? Where is your part? You don't have a part. You are coming to labor world. You don't have a part. Foolish woman. Meanwhile, you are dying. <laughs> and when you know someone, they treat you differently. So, knowing somebody is the highest privilege. And Satan knew that he had lost the highest thing when he fell. And that's why he wants us to break friendships and relationship with everyone. There are people who used to be in this church. You've left the church and you have broken your friendship and your relationship because with the pastor, with the church, because you don't understand how blessings come to people. Blessings come by knowing. Even going to heaven comes by knowing Jesus. Not by doing anything, but by knowing Jesus. So if you understand relationship, you will not spoil your friendship. You've quarreled with this person. You don't talk to this person. You've broken your fellowship. Why? Why do you do that? What, what, I mean, what sense is there in that? You are a fool. Capital fool. F-O-O-L. You don't spoil friendships. Do you understand? Don't spoil friendship. Friendships are not things we spoil. Relationships are not things we spoil. Jesus Christ came to restore relationships which were spoiled. He said, He, has, he is our peace. Who has made us one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us? He came to restore friendships and relationships. We don't spoil friendship. Me, if you are my friend and I know you, I will never quarrel with you by the grace of God. But no matter what, if you, even if you leave the church or whatever, I don't see why I should quarrel with you. I should relate with you till I die. 
You don't know when you need me and I don't know when I will need you. When you are going out of a door, you see, you have to close the door gently. Because sometimes you go out and you slam the door. Bam! And when you get out, you realize you've left your phone. Then you have to go back and open the door. And then I left my phone here. You know. And you are so angry when you are going out. And you just bang the door. No. Maintain your relationships. My friends, my roommates, my colleagues, even those who are not in the church, I have a good relationship. All pastors. If you are a pastor in Ghana, you are my friend. Simple and short. I may not be so close, but I have no I don't have any quarrel with you. That is I don't talk with this person, this man I've I've timed him he has I said this about him, he said this about me, and there are certain things I'm undermining and he's also fighting. I don't know why. Are you Satan? Am I Satan? Is Satan who comes to spoil the Satan is the greatest example of someone who has broken a precious relationship that he had. He fell. And so from now, when you see something coming to take away good relationships that God gives to you, He gives to you for life. You must decide I will attend your funeral or you attend my funeral. It's simple and short. And I will attend your funeral as friends, not as an enemy. Your enemy is dead. So you are going to see his dead body. What do you think? There are some of you who even quarrel with your fathers. You quarrel with your mothers. You are one of the highest kind of fools. Is the highest kind of fool who's poor relationship with your father. Yeah. Even if your father doesn't agree with what you are doing, you have to find a way. I say it's the highest kind of fool who supports his relationship with his father. Because your father, eh, even if he's blind, he's your father. Even if he's mad, he's your father. Even if he's a fool, he's your father. And the Bible says, honor that fool. Honor that blind man. Honor that person. Simple and short. It's the highest kind of fool who disrupts a relationship with your father or your mother, even if they are mad. Jacob was blind, but he had power to say, your brother shall save you. And that's how it became. He had power to say, the corn and the oil and the wine may the Lord give to you. He had power in his blindness to say, let everyone that blesses you be blessed and let anyone that fights you be cursed. That's the highest kind of protection he spoke over Jacob, which has lasted up to today. Anybody who fights against Israel is cursed. Anyone who joins Israel is blessed. Even the British Empire, one of the things that led to the collapse of the British, because at the end of the last century, the British Empire was the world power. And they turned against Israel. They turned against Israel. And at the end of this century, the British Empire is nothing. It's just a historical thing. It's just made of one small country in England. The world power is now America. Oh, yeah. When they were, Israel was being formed, they turned against them. They joined and separated them, scattered them, fought them. They turned into nothing. It's a blessing God gave, but it was given by a blind man. <laughs> huh? Yeah. When Isaac was blessing Jacob, he said to him, Listen, may he that fights you 
let him be cursed. And he that blesses you, let it be blessed. He said, your brothers will save you. Blind, a blind man. He was even deceived, but he was, what he was saying was going to happen. Noah, I say, is the highest kind of food that spoils relationship. Noah was drunk. He was naked. How many have been drunk before? You won't raise your hand. You have been drunk. You won't raise your hand. And there he was. Are you listening? There he was in his drunkenness. And his sons came to laugh at him and say, Look at daddy. He's foolish man. He's naked. Ham. Ham is a black man. He had three sons. Shem, Ham, Japheth. Ham was the dark or the black guy. Shem and then Japheth. So Ham came and said, Look. And he went and called his other brothers. And his other brothers turned around and said, No. no, no. So they came into the tent backwards. And they covered their father. Huh? But Ham, he came to expose his father. So when his father got up, remember that there was nobody in the whole world except these three boys and their father. So their father looked at Ham and he cursed him. And he said, Servant of servants shall thou be. He cursed Canaan. He said, Curse be Canaan, which I think represents Ham. Servant of servants. Ham gave birth to all the African nations, Egypt, Libya, Sudan, and all those places. Servant, no, not a servant, a servant, then servant, servant. Then Japheth, he said, you shall be enlarged. And those are the European, American. Then Shem, he said, blessed be the God of Shem. In other words, Shem his God will be happy because Shem will be a religious faith person. That is from where you get the religions. Islam, Christianity, and whatever. Because those type of people, when they believe in God, different from Japheth and different from Hams. Do you see? So these three characteristics, you see them in the world generally, with exceptions. Black people, Basically, we are servants of servants all over the world. Are you the richest and elite people in this country? You are the poorest. You are the cleanest. You are the workers. All over. I preach to workers, cleaners, servants. When we force out, we become accountants, but still they will not give us the real job with the millions. Zimbo. You may not like to face it, but that's the reality. Who are the enlarged or strong nations of the world, the European and American and Asian uh, uh, races? Who are the religious Shem people where they are fighting religious wars all the time from where even Christianity came? Blessed be the God of Shem. Shem's God will be happy. God, the way he'll believe. Do you see? Are you there? Yes. Are you there? So this one was spoken by a drunken father. And up to today, thousands of years later, you can see the outplay. How sad it is sometimes. Look at Africa. Huh? If you go to Africa, every part of Africa is dirty, poor, war-ridden, 
terrible except South Africa which is not what was not ruled by black people South Africa is like Europe it's even nicer than Europe it's amazing I mean you show me the explanation for all this if you have any explanation I would like to have it but for so far the only explanation I can see is what Noah said difficult to accept I know people don't like it but I also will not like it so I would like you to show me another explanation because I also don't like it but it should at least teach you to be careful of fathers some people are not afraid of fathers one guy his, his spiritual father his pastor he sent him abroad when his, father, his pastor sent him abroad he wrote a letter after some time he wanted to break away in the church and he, he broke away and when he broke away I was in the house when I visited this pastor and the pastor said the pastor said this boy who he sent eh, this boy he said I sent him abroad and today he says I have done nothing for him but the guy wrote a letter to me and said I have, you have done nothing for me he has established a church and he was changing the name of the church and taking over the church what do you say to that he says I know he was changing the name of the church so I was in the, the guy was annoyed pray that your father will not be annoyed with you look one day I was with a certain pastor I said to him let's go and visit this bishop he said hey I'm afraid I said why he said, that man, when he gets angry, he can curse you. I don't want him to curse me by mistake. <laughs> by mistake, if he curses me, I will not be happy. So I don't want to go there at all. <laughs> Maybe we'll be talking, then he'll get angry and curse me. A spiritual person is afraid of such things. But this boy, he said the man has done that. He, he lived there. Then the guy became so heated. He said, this guy... He pointed to the floor in the house. He said, you see this place we were sitting in the sitting room? You see this floor? He prayed here. He prayed here. This is where he used to pray. He was my house boy. Lie here. Today he is in Europe. And he says, I have done nothing. He was my house boy here. Praying. He pointed to the floor. He prayed here. Then he lifted up his hand like that. And he said, the wind is against him. Hey! When your father lifted up his hand and said, the wind is against you. You yourself, you must be afraid. <laughs> because they, they, you don't know what it means when they say the wind is against you. You'll be toiling. But you see that you cannot move forward. Then he said, one day I will be in my house. And they will tell me that this guy has come to the gates. That he's looking for me. And I will tell the security man, release the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> May your father not release dogs on you Amen. when you come to his house. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? Oh, yes. Are you listening? Oh, yes. Yeah. But you see, Satan is ready to deceive us. Yes. That's why I'm preaching this I know. So that when you see, you say, This, I know this thing. I've heard of it. Amen. Amen. Satan wants you to break your relationship with your father, with your mother, with your pastor, with your church. There are people who used to be here. 
there is no need to spoil your relationship with your church. You don't know. Many one day you will see that well, the reason why you are spoiling your relationship is useless. It will turn into nothing. Amen. Amen. So Satan, listen, I'm trying to explain to you that he is somebody who has lost the best thing, the relationship and the knowledge of someone. And he wants you to be the same. He has failed and he wants you to fail. Rita, he wants you to have exactly the same problem that he has. He wants you to go away from God. He wants you to go away from the people who will keep you to God. He wants you to quarrel with your mother. He wants you to quarrel with your father. He wants you to spoil the important relation. Above all the relationship with God. Amen. Amen. And so when you see that thing coming to you, you must say, this I know. Amen. Are you there or you've gone home? Very good. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Are you there? Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, are you there? Son of man, do what? Take up a lamentation. And perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sun. Is it where? Thou hast been where? Is that not so? Thou hast been where? In Eden. And where is he now? He's not there. Do you see? So, ladies and gentlemen, Satan wants to take you away from a nice place. That God put you in. What do you think? Is that not so? He wants you in order to get there. But Gene. He wants to keep you away from Eden. Because he's lost Eden. He wants to keep you away from heaven. Because he's lost heaven. He wants to keep you away from everything that is good. Because he himself has lost it. Amen. Are you there? Or you've gone home? Now notice. He says, Thus say, sayest the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know that God can make you beautiful? Wisdom. Perfect. Beauty. Huh? Ladies, are you beautiful? Are you beautiful? You are not beautiful? You don't think you are beautiful? You are beautiful. But when you go through life, you will not think you are beautiful. After a while. Because you will be senior. (laughs) But you are beautiful. God made you beautiful. Amen. But... Your beauty should not let you be deceived. When you see a young person who has not been through life, you have so many 
deceptions and delusions. Are you listening? This I know. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Amen. Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Every nice thing you have is given to you by God. If you are in Australia today, it's by the grace of God, Uncle Sam. Do you know that? It's by the grace of God. My sister. Is it Amanda? What's her name? Helena. Helena, by the grace of God. People are trying to be here. It's by the grace of God. Thou sealest up the sun. So listen, from today, everything you have eh, and you are, remember that I told you, it's from God. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, brother. May you be saved. It's by the grace of God that you have it. So don't be foolish and be proud. And one of the ways is to pay your tithes. A lot of you here don't pay tithes. You understand? You don't pay tithes. I mean, let's be honest. You don't pay tithes. You earn money, you don't bring to God. You come and you put something in the offering. And I, I want you to know that you are thereby declaring that your strength is from your own strength. And it is from your own ability that you are where you are. Look, God is not a fool. Even I know the difference between 10% and 5% and 2%. If you earn, how much do people earn here? Five, six, seven hundred a week. And every week, instead of bringing $50, $60, or paying your tithe of 200 and something, or 300 and something dollars, you don't. you rather put something small in the envelope. Do you have envelopes here for first and best? Huh? A church for first and best. Or cards. You don't pay. You don't pay. That's why you've all become quiet on me. <laughs> you don't pay. Even I know the difference between ten percent and five percent. And what you are saying is, I brought myself here. I am beautiful. I'm wise. I'm not bad. I'm struggling. I'm making it. I'm okay. How much different this area of churches will be? Because you see, soon we are going to go full time over here and we are going to do some more outreaches into Papua New Guinea somewhere in some of the islands where there is no money you understand you have to support it from here you understand what I am saying do you understand what I am saying Yeah. and ladies and gentlemen if we do not pay our tithes and pay our offerings we are ungrateful to the Lord because somebody paid tithe and offering for this church to be able to start came from somewhere to come and be here are you listening to me? Pastor Peter went to scrap pans and work as a cleaner and as a cook and so many things even though he's a lecturer in the university so that this church could exist 
Do you see? Yeah. And you, you don't want to pay your tithe. Because you are now a nice person living in Australia. And you can't give as your tithe. That one is difficult for you. But you can pay for everything else. Huh? Huh? You can pay $150 for your hair. You are a thief in the church. Yeah. And you will never prosper. You never be blessed. And you see, you never grow up spiritually if you don't do that. Amen. If you don't do the right thing. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So your beauty and your wisdom and whatever you have, you must always be grateful to God for it. And you must know that it is God who gives it to you. Are you listening to me? And one of the ways you do that is to always bring to the Lord the tithe and the percentage that belongs to Him. Because that is a way to say thank you. Sometimes in Ghana, you know, the culture is that if you are paid, you take your first salary to your father. Do you have that here? Huh? Do you know that culture? You have it? You have it in Nigeria? Yeah. What you are saying is that Father, you've looked after me and the fact is that I will not be here if you have not cared for me and brought me here. Are you listening to me? Some of you Sierra Leoneans, people wrote your names. Your name is not your name. Somebody wrote your name and added you as his family member, relatives, and filled forms and papers for you. You must never be ungrateful to those people who help you. Otherwise, you are a fool. I'm telling you that you are a fool. You do not understand the realities of life. Do you see? So whenever we, have, we find anything beautiful about us, give glory to God. Amen. I said give glory to God. Amen. Thou sealest up the sum of wisdom and beauty. Thou art beautiful. Thou art wise. Thou sealest up the sum of wisdom. Thou hast a job. Thou hast a car. Amen. The income of this church is 10% of what it should be. I am telling you, the income of this church is, is less than 10%. Of what it should be. Oh yeah. We do not support the gospel at all. In this church. At all. How many think that what I'm saying is true? Raise your hand if you think that is true. How do you think that is true? Do you count the money? Or you know from how you give, isn't it? Because... You do not give. Do you understand? You do not give. You yourself know. There's much, much. Because honestly, very soon, there's a reason why I came. You see, very soon we are going to go out of Australia. And we are going to go further and wilder in the area. And we are going to need to pay for it. And the way we are going, we cannot pay for it. Do you understand? And your beauty and your blessing, you are taking it for granted. If you want to see that it is God who gave it to you, then God has a way of showing you that what you have, He is the one who gave it to you. Do you want God to show you? Uh, Do you want God to show you that thing? God can show you. Amen. Amen. 
God can show you that he is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. He is the one who brought you here. He is the one who saved your life. He is the one who blessed you. He is the one who made you beautiful. He is the, but why is it that when people are beautiful, they rather forget the one who helped them to be beautiful? Why? Huh? Pastor John, why? Why does it happen that way? That when God gives you, you, you rather, I mean, you are, when you become nicer than you were, you rather forget the one who helped you. Why are we like that? It's Satan, I tell you. So when you see that thing, you should say, this. that's why I look, honestly, I say to me, even not even for God, those of you who were helped here by somebody, somebody brought you, even somebody gave you somewhere to stay when you came, somebody gave you food, somebody helped you, somebody filled a form. Look, I, I don't like people who are ungrateful. I mean, I, it's something terrible. Do you understand? That's why people don't want to help anybody. They just look at you. That's why Europe and Asia, America, they don't look at Africa. They don't even help us. Do you understand? Because they say, we have helped you before. You were not grateful. You rather fought against us, say, insulting us all the time, and so on. So, be there. Be there. Do you see? Somalia, they went. America went to fight for them. They killed them. They fought them. They just left it. And they've left the place. You see, and they'll be calling for them to come and help. But they will not easily go. So when you are blessed, when God has blessed you, you must remember Him. Amen. You must remember how you came to be where you were, where you are. You must be thankful to God. Because God, Bible says in First Corinthians 7, what four seven, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou behave as though thou didst not receive it? What do you have? Who are you? That you what did you have that you did not receive? God gave it to you. Use it for His glory. Amen. I said use it for His glory. Amen. Use it for His blessing, His glory. Amen. 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 Are you listening to me? Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Yeah. God is the one who blesses you. And Satan was really blessed. And I think that as soon as you are blessed, no, you must know that you are in danger. You are in danger of becoming someone. If you are a beautiful girl, eh? if you are a beautiful girl, you are in danger of being slept with by so many people. Yeah. You are in danger of having so many heartbreaks. If you are a beautiful girl. If you are a young man, handsome young man, you are in danger of becoming a playboy. You are in danger of becoming someone who sleeps with so many people, girlfriends here, doing this, doing... Whatever your beauty and your wisdom is, remember what I'm saying. You are in danger of certain things. If you are a rich man, you are in danger of pride. If you are in Australia, you are in danger of pride. If you are blessed, you have a job, you are in danger of not paying tithes. And sitting in the church pretending as though you pay tithes. But you are a hypocrite. You are a liar. You are a thief. And people will be praising and say, God bless you, you are faithful and so on. But God knows that you are wicked and unfaithful. So you must know, this I know. Huh? Do you have a job? Was there not a time when you did not have a job? Yes. Now you have a job. We must be able to see Aloysius, what's your inner number? 
You don't know your NS number. Do you know your NS number? Do you know your NS number? Do you know your index number? You don't have an index number. You've not heard of index number. Do you know your index number? Index number is a number. A number to pay tithes, offerings. Do you have an index number? You know it. You don't know it. Louisa, do you have an index number? You know it. No. Asiatu, do you have an index number? You don't have an index number. So you don't pay tithes. You just put in an envelope. But why don't you use the number? Charles, you have an index number. You don't have an index number. But you are a committed member of the church. Yes, you don't know it. Iris, you have an index number. No. So you see, you are not committed. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't do what you are supposed to do. Paul, do you have an index number? Do you use it? Jean, do you have an index number? Do you use it to pay tithes? Huh? 1246.2. Good. Do you have an index number? Do you use it? <coughs> what was your name again? Helena, do you have an index number? Do you use it? Uncle Sam, do you have an index number? Do you use it? It's on your card. Do you pay tithes? You pay tithes. Are you sure you pay tithes? I mean, do you pay tithes of all that the Lord gives you, or you pay tithes sometimes? Uncle Sam, do you pay tithes sometimes? times you have cheated the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. And although it, it may be like you are joking, we are joking. I am not joking at all. I'm very, very serious about it. And you see, that is why in fact the Lord has shown me sometimes when I want to do something so much and the Lord said, no, don't bother. Don't bother. You know, when you are young, you think that you have to do everything. But no, the Lord said, these people, they don't even care about what you are doing. Do you think they care? That's why Jesus, he, when he was preaching and the people were saying, he just stopped. He was saying, you, when they came, he said, you are after the bread and water. This thing I gave yesterday, you don't love me. You don't care about what I'm saying. Then he told them, drink my blood and eat my flesh. Then they all left. <laughs> you understand? I mean, they are not committed. Do you, you get what I'm saying? We are not committed at all. And when you are not committed, God also holds back his hand from you. Wherefore does my father love me? Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Therefore, your father does not love you when you don't give your life. You just give something small. You just get something partial. And if money is a problem to you, how can you work for God? I said, if money is a problem to you, how can you work for God? It means that the more and more money he gives you, he, he, he cannot trust you. Yeah. Look at me. Eh? I can I have we have bought buildings twice worth more than a million dollars. I mean cash one time. I mean that's the kind of money that we have used in the church before. If I therefore I wanted to steal 
Do you understand? And that is that such money is available. If I wanted to steal it, do you not think that I can steal it? Yeah. I can make different arrangements and siphon out a lot of money. You cannot even see. Because you know even where the money is coming from, where it's going. If really, you see, if if God is going to trust you, He has to trust you with this hundred dollars and five hundred dollars and whatever He has. That one cry, you steal it. How much more if you had the bigger monies? You cannot be trusted at all. You cannot be used at all by God. God cannot use you. He cannot send you. Because when you hold that money, you take some. When you hold that money, you take. Even when it's not your money, you use it. You you will not replace it. You will not you will not you will not you will not be afraid to take God's money. One day I met an Asha. He was an Asha in another church. And I said, How are you? He said it's fine. And then he told me about another friend who was an Asha. No, he was not an Asha, but I asked him about something. I said, Oh, that guy he's prospering. I said, Why? Do you say, well, I mean, what's happening? What has he got a job? So no, he's now an Asha. So I said, Oh, how how did he I mean, how is he prospering? He said, oh, he's now an Asha. So he's prospering. So I, I still did not understand how is he prospering because he's an Asha. And so because he's an Asha and he takes the offering, he gets something every week. You know, he takes some, uh, something out of the offering every week. I mean, this is not a story. This is what they told me with my real ears. I heard it. He said, oh, now things are good for him because he's an Asha. Can you believe it? That somebody eh, will now be taking the money from the church. Not only do you not pay tithe, but you actually steal God's money. Every week you take something. Hey! We are not afraid of God. I said we are not afraid of God at all. It's very, very serious. You must honor the Lord. And one of the ways which you honor the Lord is by giving him of your tithes, your offerings, and whatever he gives to you. It's from him. It's for him. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So how many here are going to promise to the Lord, Lord, all the beauty you give to me, all the wisdom you give to me, all the money you give to me, at least I promise you, at least the tithe, it's for you. And I will not eat it again till I die. So help me God. How many will do that? Raise your hand, let me see. Are you sure? Yes. Don't promise something that you cannot fulfill. Let me see your right hand if you can do that. Godwin, are you sure you can do that? You will. Even, look, even if you are not in this church, promise to the Lord. It's not for this church. It's you and God that the tenth, eh, you will give it to Him. Raise your hand, let me pray for you. Father, look at every hand. That Lord of the peanuts that you give to us, or of the gold that you give to us, of the silver, the blessings that you give to us, the tenth is yours. The beauty, the wisdom, the life, the peace, the joy. Oh God, it's yours. The tenth is yours. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, when we were praying just now, the Lord spoke to me about something, and I sensed in my heart that some of you here are soon going to be able to give uh, some of you here are soon going to give uh, offerings in thousands of dollars yeah. Yeah. I mean God is going to bless you and you are here 
I don't know who you are, but you will soon be able to give offerings. You come to church, you give an offering of a thousand dollars, thousand Australian dollars, and thousands of dollars. God is going to do it. Amen. It's going to happen in this church. People are going to be blessed and be able to give in the thousands, thousands of dollars, and so on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please take it from me. It's Christianity. This, whether it's Lighthouse or Angels Delight Church, whichever church it is. It's you and your God. The time, the money. It's God. It's God who gives life. I just keep on feeling that I should say this. You see, my mother is from Switzerland and my father is from Ghana. How did it, how did it happen? They met in England and I was born. I, was, I became their child. You understand? When I wake up, I have to look and see everything God has given me. Do you see? Everything that God has given me is something from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I have to use it for his glory. And I have used it. Today in Switzerland, because I have, because, of, because my mother is from there, I have a lot of access to that place. Today in Switzerland, we have so many churches there. In fact, we don't have churches like that in Germany, Holland, Italy, this, but Switzerland, everywhere, I have used what God has given to me to do his work. Are you a Nigerian? Are you Sudanese? Do you understand? Do you speak Arabic like Estella? One day, God will require that thing, that wisdom, that ability. He will want to use it. Do you understand? Because I've used it from Freetown. One day, you may find out that God will need that thing. Do you understand? That only you have it. And he will use it for his work. My sister, what's her name? Lisa, are you an Australian? Do you understand? Are you a, a white lady? God will one day need it. Maybe you will be the person through whom certain things we have to do here will be done. Or maybe through you, a lot of Australians will join the church and the church will become a, a mixed church. Yeah. But you see, many times when God gives us something, we don't add it to the things we are using. Like me, you see, I realized something that uh, God has given me a lot of intelligence, even from school. I did very well in school all the time. So there are so many things, even in the church, architecture, law, engineering, medicine. So many, I know a lot of things. And I, I do a lot of things, apart from, I mean, preaching. I have the ability, administration, management. I realize that most people don't have those things. I'm trying to use them. Because God, if he gave you five talents, he will not judge you for one. He will judge you for all the five if he gave you five talents, he will ask you for all the five. What I gave you, you've used only three. What I gave you, you've used only one. It will become a difficult thing for you on, on the judgment day. Use whatever God has given, has given to you. Richard, do you understand what I'm saying? One day, that ability you are learning how to speak on the radio, how to talk, how to do programs and so on, you'll be surprised. God will call on it. God will say, use your wisdom. I gave you the wisdom. I gave you the beauty. I gave you the ability. I need it. Don't rather let it make you proud. You see, either you use it for God or you let it make you proud. These are the two ways. It either makes you proud or you use it for His glory. These are the two things. When God gives you wisdom, God gives you beauty. It either makes you what? Proud or you use it for His glory. I'll say it again. When God gives you wisdom and God gives you beauty, it either does what? It either makes you proud or 
You use it for his glory. And when you use it for his glory, you become more and more aware that it is his grace. When he gives you money, you become more and more, as you give and as you are faithful, you become more and more aware that it is his grace. It's by his grace alone. Yeah. And sometimes people don't realize how blessed they are. I tell you, how blessed they are. For instance, Estella, to be able to speak Arabic. Do you speak Arabic as well, Isaac? A little bit or you can speak Real Arabic Huh Can you interpret Into Arabic If I preach in English you speak Arabic You can do that Yeah One day God will need it You'll be surprised Because I cannot do that If I try for the rest of my life I I cannot speak it (laughs) Huh If I try and I try and I try I cannot but you can. Huh? May you use all the wisdom and the beauty and the blessings that God has given to you for His glory. In Jesus' name. When God gives you something, either use it and be humble or huh? use it for His glory or what will happen? And become proud. One day, are you there? What time is breakfast this morning? 8 o'clock. One day, a man was in an earthquake. CNN was on the news. He was buried under the building in San Francisco. Do you see? After the earthquake, huh? they took him out. After three days. You know the story, isn't it? Three days later, he was taken out. They had given up, but they found him alive. And after, they went to interview him in the hospital. And they asked him, Sir, how were you able to survive under the buildings, inside the earthquake, for three days and nights, without eating, drinking, and the building is on top of you? You know what he said? I am a man of strong willpower and determination. When I decide to do something, I do it. (laughs) Strong willpower. Then they went to his wife and they asked his wife, Madam, your husband survived this powerful earthquake for three days and nights. I'm sure you lost hope. She said, I lost hope, yes. But he survived. Do you have anything to say? How was he able to survive? You know, was there any? She said, I know my husband. I've been married to him for 23 years. He's a man of strong willpower and determination. And when he is determined to do something, he does it. And then they went and saw the doctor. And they interviewed his doctor. And they asked him, Sir, your patient was able to survive for three days and nights in the earthquake under the building. Do you have anything to say? He said, I know my patient. He's a very determined man. He's a man of strong willpower. And he's very determined to be alive. That's why he's alive. Eight days later, this man of strong willpower 
he was discharged. And eight days later, he had a heart attack. Uh, 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 and he died. Where was his strong willpower? And where was his determination? Why did he not stay alive? And why did he not use the strong willpower to stay alive? He was determined to die. <laughs> okay, he, he, was, he was determined to die. God does not like it when we boast about things that he has given us. Amen. Amen. God does not like it when you are nice, you are beautiful, and you start to, you know, I'm beautiful and men like me, and every time I'm standing by the road, somebody picks me up and somebody likes me, and people tell me nice things, and so you are a fool. That's what you are. Capital, capital. God does not like you to boast and say, you see, the war, I was wise. That's why I was able to escape and I was clever. You see, there are certain risks I don't take. I'm not the type who does foolish things. And due to my wisdom and certain strategies and so on, I was able to make you a, a capital fool. You do exercise. That's why I'm alive and I'm healthy because I'm always exercising, exercising, jogging. Hey! You'll be surprised with your jogging. I work hard. That is why I'm prosperous. You see, you see how I'm blessed in Sydney. You see my car. You see my house. You see my wife. I work very hard. I'm a determined young man. When I put my mind to something, I accomplish it. I do it. I'm the type who is determined. You get what I'm? I'm a man of strong willpower. Shut your mouth before something bad happens to you. The Bible says you must say that by the grace of God. By the grace of God. By the mercies of God. And not only do you say with your mouth by the grace of God, but by paying your tithes and by giving offerings and thanking God with your son. And you are saying, Lord, thank you for these material things. I'm bringing my offering to you because I know that all these things come of thee. All these things come from you. That is why I'm honoring you with it. Hallelujah. So let us acknowledge God. Let us thank God. Let us acknowledge God in our thoughts. Bible says because they would not retain God in their knowledge. God gave them up. Whenever you take God out of your thinking, God removes you and he dashes you to the world. And you start to become depraved. And that's why Europe, America, Australia, and all these western countries even though they have become rich they did not retain God in their mind and God has given them over to lasciviousness to destroy themselves with themselves because they, although they are blessed and they are rich they do not retain God in their knowledge God is not part of the thinking God must always be retained I said God must always be retained in your knowledge not because you are a poor Sierra Leonean or a poor Nigerian, but because you are a Christian. And God must be retained in your knowledge. Can I have an amen? amen? Lift your hands and thank Him right now. Father, we love you. Father, we praise you. Father, we thank you. We honor you. 
We shall retain you, Lord, in our knowledge, in our thinking, in all that we do and in all that we say. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Cremaza, maradala, siboreques, prabavitos, lempregas, samradilos, shombrestre, magaltos, sebriques, selgarapras, turevras, shimedo, loromindo, frarberiste, chicle crado, crinon, crinole, sendo, clablacete, gedolino, gredoni. Lopres, Rigalan, Angele, Brandele, Maralado, Zibeleke, Kedel, Baranando, Rigrosten, Jolimreket, Albarvaleidas. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' wonderful name for your blessing. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. From today, when you see somebody being ungrateful, huh, what will you say? This. I know this thing. I have heard about this behavior. This I know. When you see somebody who is beautiful and wise, and the person has forgotten God, from today, when you turn on the television, you see the white man manifesting in Europe, in, 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 in America, getting, building things, building aeroplanes, rockets, going to the moon, science, building things, doing amazing things, and yet they have forgotten God. God is not in their mind. What will you say? This I know. I know this. Don't be impressed with foolishness. Because, because they have not retained God, God has given them up and they will be destroyed by these very things they are doing. Don't be impressed with a white man who has forgotten God. Be impressed with somebody who is blessed and still has retained God in his knowledge. Don't be impressed with people who have accomplished everything in the world and God has been taken out. Look, one day I met a woman in Geneva. I was going witnessing in Geneva, Switzerland. And I went into a shop where they sell watches. And I was witnessing. So I, came, I wasn't coming to buy a watch. I was coming to witness. So I came to the, I came to the lady and I said, uh, Good morning, madam. I, wa- I wanted to talk to you. She said, Yeah, what is it? And I said, Oh, do you believe in God? And she looked at me like that. And she said, God? And she pointed to her, put her hand in her chest and said, I believe in myself. I don't believe in God. I believe in myself. I tell you, I was shocked. And that is the answer of most Europeans. I believe in myself. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in religion. I believe in myself. I believe in my own hand. The Bible says because they will not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. You see, the punishment that God is giving is to let them be degenerated to animals. That is why now men are marrying men in court and in church. A man wants to have sex. God has allowed them to go. He wants to have sex with the anus and the feces of another man. Yeah. You want it. And to let you know that it is not, it is very unnatural and it's not from God, you can see by looking through all the animals God has made. There's not even one animal Lizard, dog, cow, whatever, which has sex with another male, male with a male, female with a female. It does not exist in any animal except man whose mind is twisted and have degenerated into something lower than animals. Have you ever thought of it? There's no dog that is homosexual. There's no cow that is homosexual. There's no cat that is homosexual. 
There's no bed that is open. Even a chicken with the smallest mind. There's no chicken that a man and a man have sex. Or a woman and a woman have sex. Never. Only a man who God who has forgotten God. Because okay, I'll, I'll dash you to a confused mind. And that is the downfall. And so many other things. As we, the whole society becomes perverted and confused until the end comes. Don't admire it. Don't admire it. I am telling you, do not admire foolish things. Admire God. And anyone who fears God, the conclusion of the matter is, fear God. Recently, a white man came to do business in Ghana. Before, when they asked, do you believe in God? <laughs> believe in God? Because the guy is a millionaire. Multi-millionaire. So they were having a meeting somewhere. The guy went into the toilet. When he came out of the toilet, he was like, oh, 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 oh. And then he fell down. You see, when he went into the toilet, he had a stroke. Bah! And his face divided, his body divided, he had a stroke. Then he collapsed. They carried him, they brought, he's a multi they brought a plane, a private plane, a, a hospital from Europe, flew down immediately, picked him up, went. This man, when they asked him, do you believe in God? He said, does not believe in God. When he was there, there, there was somebody there who came and prayed for him. Later on, when he was in the hospital, he said that, I think it's the prayer that you prayed that saved me, that helped me. You see, now that fire came to the person, the man who doesn't believe in God, is now saying that, I think the prayer that you prayed, because he saw death and he almost died. And I think, I don't know if he's still in the hospital. Do you understand? These people, they haven't seen, they haven't seen anything. That is why they don't believe in God. But in the day that they start to see the flames, many of the people who are forsaking God, they will, they will be calling, save me, help me. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word, your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Tell somebody, this I know. This is-